0: The New England Journal of Medicine showed that there were 55 diseases associated with eating gluten. It is simply indigestible. It creates inflammation in your gut. And for those of us with a genetic disposition, our weak link is for autoimmunity. When we start breaking down the lining of our gut and food starts flowing into our bloodstream that shouldn't be there, those large protein molecules, the immune system's just doing its job. It's not creating a war on you, it's just fighting things that shouldn't be there in the first place.
1: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions, and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. This week, we are taking a deep look into Hashimoto's thyroiditis and autoimmune disease as a whole. On Tuesday, I devoted an entire episode on my Hajimoto's journey. Now, in case you missed that episode, it was episode number 88, and it was absolutely worth listening to. If you are someone is struggling with a thyroid issue or an autoimmune related to thyroid issues, definitely worth listening listening to. Now, towards the end of that episode, I had the opportunity to share some of my favorite resources that have helped me along the way in not only figuring out what was going on with my body, but also how to heal my body naturally and get to the root cause of the issue. Now, one of those resources was a book called Beat Autoimmune by Palmer Kippola. And today she is our interview guest. I can't wait to highlight her because she has such a powerful story. Now, Palmer Kippula Kippala is the new author of Beat Autoimmune, The Six Keys to Reverse Your Condition and Reclaim Your Health. Now, what I absolutely adore about Palmer, who I actually just met at Paleo FX in Austin, is that she is on a mission to make autoimmune disease history. When she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at the age of 19, she began a journey towards healing that resulted in a complete reversal of her symptoms. What an incredible mission! And her book, Beat Autoimmune, is the first to explore all six of the critical lifestyle factors that are at the root causes of autoimmune conditions and the sources of regaining healing. Now, thank goodness we have women like her and Dr. Terry Wells, Dr. Amy Myers, and Dr. Isabella Wentz for sharing their stories and wisdom about autoimmune disease. As I mentioned last week, 30 million people have been diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease and over 50 million have autoimmunity. It is quickly becoming the third biggest condition in the United States. And mainstream medicine is not treating it. Let me repeat that. Mainstream medicine is not treating autoimmune disease. They are simply covering up the symptoms with drugs and oftentimes unsuccessfully leaving people, especially women, confused and suffering. This has got to stop. We need to demand better from our doctors. I can't imagine where I would be right now if I didn't have a team of functional doctors helping me to heal from Hajimoto's thyroiditis by discovering the root causes of my personal disease. Now before I get into Palmer's story and root cause discoveries, I want to take a moment and let you know that you are helping to create a movement. That's right. The Essentially You Podcast is growing bigger every single week. We have surpassed over 400,000 downloads and almost 75,000 downloads per month. That is the impact that we are making with every episode, and that impact is changing lives. And so what I want to do, as I always love, is to just celebrate your wins, because in this moment of healing, we deserve to celebrate wins. Now, one particular healing rock star is Taylor, and I'm excited to shout out her win that she shared on Instagram just a few days ago. Here's what she said. Dr. Marisa, I may have told every person I know about your book and I am totally obsessed with the podcast. Thank you for totally changing my hormones in such a short period of time. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for sharing, and I am so happy that your hormones are back on track. Now, if you're listening, Taylor, I would love to gift you my coveted and special Superwoman Blend. Just reach out to me on Facebook or where you found me on Instagram, which is at Marisa. That's at D-R-M-E-R. M-A-R-I-Z-A. And by the way, you guys, if you head on over to Insta, some of my favorite essential oil recipes and best content is found there, not only in the stories where I get to connect with you personally, but also inside of the posts. So fellow podcast listeners, as I know you are listening right now, I absolutely love to shout you out and I can't tell you how much your messages mean to me you can easily reach out to me via insta or facebook or simply review this podcast the essentially you podcast on itunes or whatever podcast platform you plug into that way we change the world by giving women solutions at their fingertips and provide much needed information for women to take to their doctors in today's world we've got to become the ceo of our health Now, let's jump on in to this eye opening conversation with Palmer Kippola because she is bringing it. But before I do that, I want to quickly sing her praises. Palmer Kippola is an author, speaker, and functional medicine certified health coach who specializes in helping people reverse and prevent autoimmune conditions. She's developed a framework called FIGHTS to help others beat autoimmune conditions based on her 26-year battle to overcome multiple sclerosis. Her new book is Beat Autoimmune, The Six Keys to Reverse Your Condition and Reclaim Your Health with a foreword by Mark Hyman. And it comes out, well, it's actually already out as of April 30th. Palmer has done the incredible work with the Institute of Functional Medicine and she is focused on leading her information with nutrition, holistic health, energy, and functional medicine. And I'll have more details in the show notes to go and check her out. Well, let's bring her on. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Palmer Kippala. How are you doing, my dear? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Marisa. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. The pleasure is all mine. You know, I have been reading your book non-stop since you sent it to me, and I love it. And I know we're going to be talking about that and so much more. Um, today, we're really talking about how to beat autoimmune disease naturally. and woo, that is a lot to unpack. You're absolutely right about that. So thank you so much for delving in. Well, let's start with your story because it's so, so powerful. I know that at the age of 19, you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Could you take us back to that, even that first day? What happened? What was that like?
0: I was 19. I was home from college after my freshman year, and I was working a summer job as a hostess in a restaurant. And I was a happy, healthy, well adjusted kid. And one morning I woke up and the soles of my feet were all tingling. Um, You know that feeling like when you've sat on a limb too long and then the blood flows back and it's all tingly and I was shaking my legs, but the blood wasn't flowing back. And I thought, oh, it's going to go away. So I went off to work, but the tingling didn't go away. It just kept creeping up and up and up my legs. And by the time it got to my knees, I thought something was really wrong. So I called my parents And they called the family doctor who said, get her over to the neurologist at UCLA today. And that's what we did. So by that afternoon, the tingling was all the way up to my chest. And we're sitting in the neurologist's office and she's doing a really cursory exam. She has me put my fingers to my nose with my eyes closed, walk across her floor, heel toe, heel toe. And after only about five minutes and with a spectacular lack of sensitivity, she says, I'm 99% sure you have MS, multiple sclerosis. We were just stunned. We'd never heard of multiple sclerosis. And remember, this is before the internet. So a long time ago. And she said, if I'm right, there's nothing you can do except take medication and, oh, prepare for your life in a wheelchair. So we left her office with very little information and very little hope. And by nightfall... My mom crawled into bed with me and she's crying, and I'm crying harder because by this time, every part of my body that had been tingling, which was by now from my neck down, had gone numb. I mean, I could completely couldn't feel anything not pinches or stub toes or anything from the neck down, and my body would stay numb for a full six weeks. So it was a terrifying time um,
1: for six weeks. I can imagine. Oh my goodness. And what, tell me a little bit about in those first six weeks, were you seeking information? Were you looking for different answers? And really, what kept you going at this time in terms of the hope and the idea that maybe there was something you could do?
0: So, I have to start out by giving great thanks to my parents who were absolute rocks. And my mom would empathize with me when I got weepy. And my dad, Was really quick to motivate me and tell me, honey, you can beat this thing. You can do it. He was very motivating. And I didn't have much to do. I just lay on the couch for six weeks. And I'm grateful the Summer Olympics was on TV because that provided a happy distraction. And I'm also grateful that a lot of friends came by and visited and brought gifts and the usual, you know, the cookies, the books. Some would watch movies with me. But this one family friend came over, and she brought a gift that at the time, it just didn't seem like a gift at all because it was a question, and she asked me, Palmer, why do you think you got the m s and I was just absolutely floored. I couldn't even believe she asked me this question. I was offended, I was shocked i did I cause it? What do you mean? did I cause the m s and then all of a sudden, did I bring this on so That question just resonated. It wouldn't let go. I chewed on it like a dog with a bone. And it just came to me in this flash of insight. And for that, I have to take you back a little bit farther in time because I had been adopted as a baby at three days old and by very loving parents. But my dad had been a fighter pilot whose way was invariably the right way. And he had very opinionated views on how things should be. And he yelled a lot. And he didn't like the fact that my mom was overweight. She perpetually dealt with weight issues. And I didn't like how he treated her and yelled at her. And one of my earliest memories that just came to me in this flash while I'm lying on the couch was my dad is yelling at my mom, who's locked herself in the room and she's crying. And I'm standing up to my dad, age three or four with my little dukes up. And I'm yelling back at my dad, you call my mom names and I'll sock your lights out. So I, in that moment on the couch, I just believed that chronic stress was my big why for why the MS came on. I had become a child warrior. I was hypervigilant and I believed, and I don't know how I knew this, but just intuitively that my immune system had become a proxy for that hypervigilance. And so if it didn't have a real battle to fight like viruses or other infections, that it would create friendly fire, it would start attacking me. And we know that's part of the autoimmune attack. Uh, So even though today I know there's more to the story, that initial hypothesis that chronic stress was at the root of the MS still rings true. And I'm sure you know, because you talk about this with your folks, that the ACEs study, the adverse childhood experiences, those childhood traumas are actually now proven to correlate with the advent of autoimmune conditions later in life.
1: It's such a huge insight, that initial insight of of thinking about how hypervigilant you had been and how potentially hypervigilant your immune system had become. I know that in the book, when I read that initially you thought, okay, was it about 20 and you could give me some clarification, you know, that first 26 years you're figuring it out and you're realizing, you know, stress is a major trigger for this. And if I can get my stress under control, I can probably calm down some of these flare-ups because I believe you had the type of MS that was a relapsing, remitting MS. And so it could come and go. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And thank you for reading that in the book. Yes. Fortunately, I had the relapsing, remitting kind. And also, fortunately, the numbness retreated just enough for me to get back to school in the fall. And I intuited, since chronic stress was at the root, and because my dad was telling me, honey, you could beat this thing, that I just needed to figure out how to relax. So I, over the course of 26 years, I saw half a dozen neurologists at leading institutions, and each of them repeated the refrain, there's nothing you can do except take medication. And that just didn't sit
1: right with me. It just didn't How did that feel at the time, you know, to be told over and over and over again? Like, what did I because I, you know, so excited to see your dad was just like, you know what? We got this. We're going to figure this out. Who's just constantly cheering you on. But then you've got these reputable doctors, especially neurologists, right? Really, (laughs) you know, they really do believe that they know what what time it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How did that feel? Because I know I always like to tap into that feeling because, you know, you persevere despite being told don't. Well, it
0: felt disempowering. I mean, that's the biggest word that just comes right into my mind. But it also felt like I just, it didn't jive with my own, just my my intuition inside that I knew there must be something I could do. And they're telling me there's nothing. And I would ask them about evening primrose oil and what about omega-3s? And should I increase my salmon? And, you know, oh, there's not enough data on that. We just don't know.
1: When you head back to school for 26 years, doctors are telling you, uh-uh, you're just going to have to be on medications. You do figure out a little bit of that the, that having to manage stress, which my goodness, in its own right, I mean, you know, we know that stress is such a major trigger to so many conditions, you know, to be able to get that under control is is so incredible, you know, and mind you, there was a good reason to want to do that. So I understand. When did you realize there, were, there was more to the story than that?
0: I first started on the stress path because that seemed to me to be the biggest issue. And I noticed that when I was stressed, there was a correlation with the advent of symptoms. So I knew immediately within a week, if I had conflict at home or extra work at school, or when I was eventually in the workforce, if I was overwhelmed within one week, I started having additional MS symptoms So I just kept on the path. I started doing yoga in the late 80s. I learned how to meditate in the early 90s. I found that when I stuck to those practices, those stress-reducing practices, I had fewer symptoms. I mean, I really could see the correlation, but I also knew there must be more to it than that. I figured diet must play something, some role in all of this. But again, we didn't have the internet. So I went to the library and started doing research and I found a couple of books that purported that the best diets for MS, and one is the Swank book, which he writes, The best diet is a low fat vegetarian diet for MS. So I decided to give it a go. Now I couldn't get any more low fat than we were at home <laughs> because we were already a non fat family with tubs of margarine and non fat milk and even ice milk ice cream but I reduced that and I added more whole grains and vegetables. And not only did I not notice any additional recovery or relief from MS symptoms, I actually noticed a worsening of symptoms. I was even more profoundly tired. I had more tummy trouble, which I thought was normal that everybody had some churning after eating. But when I added more whole grains, my stomach actually felt worse. So the diet thing with a low fat vegetarian did not work for me. The other two big experiments I conducted. So I resisted taking medication for years and years and years. And finally, I caved. An especially persistent neurologist at Stanford insisted that I go on a medication. And I gave it a go. For four years, I injected myself every night. And I not only didn't experience any relief from the MS symptoms, I actually noticed a worsening of symptoms. That I call the three strikes. One was lipoatrophy. So that's a disappearance of fat that doesn't grow back. And this is my own experience. You know, I'm not the arbiter on medication, but for me, it didn't work. I noticed a wound that didn't heal for six months in a place that I injected myself, and I still have a big scar in my hip. And finally, one night after injecting myself, I had the symptoms and the experience of having a heart attack cold and clammy and just terrifying symptoms. And I thought I was dying. So I finally decided this is just not working. I don't feel any, like this is making a difference. And I noticed all of those extra problems, but finally, right around the corner from that in the year 2010, I had done enough research by now we had the internet. I felt that I needed to figure something out about what I was eating and my tummy trouble. So I decided to go see a nutritionist and I found a functional medicine nutritionist. And I know everybody knows about functional medicine who listens to you. It's all about getting to the root cause cause that's the only way we heal. She ran some tests and it came back that I had non-celiac gluten sensitivity. In other words, it wasn't celiac disease, but I was definitely sensitive to gluten. She educated me on the perils of what gluten was doing to my body which I was eating three meals a day and maybe snacking on. So I was getting this steady stream of gluten. And she guided me through a month-long gut healing journey and had me remove the gluten and other inflammatory foods in this elimination diet. And within one week of removing the gluten, I stopped having tummy trouble after eating, which was a revelation for me. And Within a month, I stopped having any and all MS symptoms ever again. So that's why I call that one my eureka experiment. But I really want to be clear here because I don't want people to get the impression that they just need to remove gluten and it's kind of one and done. Because when I reflect back and knowing what I know now, how multifactorial autoimmune diseases are, if I hadn't been lowering that toxic stress, I don't know that gluten would have made as big a difference as it did.
1: Let's speak to that because clearly the stress had decreased or you you could feel a decrease in symptoms or knew that you weren't triggered as easily when stress was controlled, right? And you know what was so interesting? At the time I was reading your book, I was feeling a little bit stressed. I had kind of taken on more than I can chew and that unfortunately happens more than it should, but I was reading the book right at a moment where I was, I was feeling a little stressed. And what was really struck me really curiously is that a lot of us don't necessarily experience direct symptomology based on stress, right? That we don't always see the repercussions within a week or a couple of days, it could take years or you know months before we really see like oh my gosh this level of stress is really causing this chronic condition by no means is it a blessing in at all necessarily but just to be able to kind of get that quick like okay when i'm stressed this is what happens so i have to just be able to curtail that and the reason why i'm saying this to my listeners is that this is such a great lesson for all of us even if You are not seeing the symptoms from stress. I promise you it is building up in the system one way or the other. So i really, I want to say thank you so much for writing that in the book because we oftentimes don't feel it and we think we can continue to get away with it.
0: That is so true. It is just, it's insidious. It affects every other category. And that's really one of the biggest takeaways that I've had in the last 26 or 30 years at this point is it's not any single category it's all of them, but there are a few that have a bigger impact and I would say stress just tops the list. You just you have that saying, I've heard you say this before, that you can't supplement your way out of a bad diet or you can't exercise your way out of emotional trauma. And you can't heal your gut when you're crazy stressed.
1: Mm-mm. I always say, too, you can't green smoothie your way out of chronic stress because I tried <laughs> for years. It's like, if I just drink this green smoothie, it'll combat all the stress I'm experiencing. <laughs> it was not true. So stress was one of the biggest ones. We knew that 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 food was another one for you. And for many people, it definitely is gluten, right? Our body, even if it's not the inflammation, it's molecular mimicry. And but let's get into what were because in this book, and this is what I just loved, 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 is that you've made it so simple. Palmer, I've read a lot of books on autoimmunity. I've read, you know, a lot of books in general. And I just felt that this book, this book that you spent four years writing I mean gosh and who knows how long you spent most of your life educating because it was it was for your own well-being as well. but you are able to really disseminate what we should be looking at, how we can work towards healing our body. And there are six big keys to reversing our condition and getting it back. So can you tell me a little bit about the six keys but I know that you also have this all built into a framework
0: absolutely and you're so right were it so easy that you could take a pill for stress or just remove gluten
1: and be done with it that would be you know Ooh, the whole mama experience. yeah it's, it's not done. meant to be like that it can't be like that i always tell people your mode of operation that undercurrent oftentimes is that stress right and if we don't change our mode you know again you you can put so many things on top of it that isn't necessarily going to going to fix it. So I'm so glad that you've got the, this beautiful framework for us.
0: Absolutely. Well, I didn't set out to write a book after I healed. I want to be really clear about that. I just really wanted to get to how in the world was it even possible that I could reverse a disease that six neurologists, these experts had told me there was nothing I could do and yet that was completely different than my felt experience. So that's when I just dove into the research and that PubMed, that endless biomedical studies database. And I, I was kind of like a dog with a bone. I just wouldn't let it go. And I also, Marisa, I think you can resonate with this because so much of how we feel is victimized by our health caretakers, our doctors. I don't do too well with bullies, especially when they're not being fair. And so Having had the experience growing up with my dad and I wasn't afraid to stand up to him. I also had a little healthy dose of righteous indignation. So I just found all of this exciting science that showed so much about what we actually could do. So the framework that I came up with was based on all the stuff that I found in the research. It was actually there for anybody that wants to look low vitamin D, gluten, low DHEA, lack of sleep, lack of exercise, all of these factors come together by themselves, but in combination are actually worse. So I spent my time, I came up with this root cause reversal checklist. And by the time I was ready, I went around to different functional medicine practitioners. I cold called Dr. Vojdani, who's a leading autoimmunologist saying, I'm trying to learn the truth about autoimmune conditions. Can you poke holes in this? Can you add to my list? What am I missing here? And at the end of the day, when I showed it to Dr. Voshdani, he said, Palmer, this is a book and those are the chapters. And then I figured, you know, there might be something to share here. So, those categories that you're referencing or the framework, I wanted to come up with a word that represented all of the root cause categories that we can actually control. And because, like you, I also love words and I wanted it to be easy to remember. And so the word is fights, and that stands for food. Infections, gut health, hormone balance, toxins, and stress. Now, I was hoping that it would spell peace, but <laughs> but it doesn't.
1: It doesn't. It's an all out war. It's
0: an all out war. <laughs> an war, and it's metaphorically perfect, right? Because my dad had told me I could beat this thing, and um, actually, when you dig into each of those root causes, you also find the solution. So you flip it to heal it, and that's how I came up with that.
1: I love it. I would love to dive into a couple ones and I know everyone's a little bit different. It's a big part of the conversation and this is it's such an eye-opening idea that so often, you know, I don't know how many millions of people, 50 million people with autoimmunity, it's the fastest growing chronic condition here in the United States right now, in particular. And if people go into their doctors, they're going to be given medications without ever being told any of the root causes. And they're most likely going to stay on those medications for life. And the thing about medications, and I want to make this really clear and not to say that they aren't necessary in some instances, but medications don't heal the problem, Right. And your friend asking you so long ago, what caused this? You know, and so often we're told by our doctors, it is this isn't your fault. You didn't do anything. You, there's nothing you can do about this. This is incurable. All you can do is take these meds, and good luck with that. Right? That's so often the talk track, and it's not to say that we are putting any fault on anyone, but I think that we deserve to understand why the immune system is acting in a way that it is. Is there anything that we can do to help get the immune system back on our side? And that is what you've done here, is you've taken every component, hidden infections, gut support, toxicity, right, nutrient deficiencies. And all of these could be chronic stress, right? Uh, and then how the hormones interplay with one another, And how all of this connects to and the cool thing about it, too, is it's not just let's say the diagnosis was an autoimmune condition. But by clearing a lot of this up, we are clearing out all kinds of potential problems down the line. You know, we say that that disease is cellular and that at the end of the day, what can we do to protect those cells so that, you know what, we don't have issues down the line as well. So
0: beautifully said. Absolutely. And it's about removing the stuff that harms you, or as you talked eloquently about whatever's blocking your immune system or pissing it off, it's it's our job to figure out what those things are. Dr. Vojdani, I mentioned his name. He has this mantra I love, which is detect, remove, repair. Speaking to the importance of... we we need to have an awareness of what's going on. And sometimes we do that through lab testing. Sometimes we can do it really simply. I mean, if we know, we intuit that we are eating a sad standard American diet with a lot of processed food, a lot of sugar, a lot of toxic oils, having fast food, whatever that is, we know that that's probably not serving our immune system well. It's probably creating some inflammation. So healing therefore is about removing the sources of inflammation
1: and adding in the nourishing elements like good sleep, for example, that's so true. Absolutely. You know, that leads me, because I know people are wondering, you know, as we we just, both of us kind of named off the six keys here, the fights. Can we talk a little bit about each of them? No, I know we don't have a ton of time and my goodness, there is. I mean, honestly, you could write a book on each one of these. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> That's why it took me four years to write the book. <laughs> That's so true. Absolutely. It is so well-researched, by the way. I am just so, so happy that you have done, you have done the hard work for so many of us. I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for
0: acknowledging that. I felt like, you know, I'm now on a mission. At first, I just wanted to understand this for me. But when I found this exciting science about epigenetics and how we control 90% of our health outcomes and genes only play 10% of the part, I want people to know that and embrace that and feel empowered that there's so much that they can do. So I can sure let's let's go through a couple of nuggets for mm-hmm. each one, shall we? Yes,
1: that would be lovely.
0: Right. So let's start with food. We'll just go in order here. The biggest baddie of all in my research shows that gluten is just it tops the list. Back in 2002, so 17 years ago, the New England Journal of Medicine showed that there were 55 diseases associated with eating gluten it is simply indigestible. It creates inflammation in your gut. And for those of us with a genetic disposition, our weak link is for autoimmunity. When we start breaking down the lining of our gut and food starts flowing into our bloodstream that shouldn't be there, those large protein molecules, the immune system's just doing its job. It's not creating a war on you. It's just fighting things that shouldn't be there in the first place. So our job is to stop continuing I'll just say it like this, to treat our guts like garbage disposals of just pouring down inflammatory foods and expecting different outcomes. So gluten's the biggest baddie. And for many people who are sensitive to gluten, dairy is right up there. I hate to be the bearer of bad news on that one because I know so many people love cheese. And I actually asked Dr. Bozdoni this one because I was trying to bargain with him. You know, is it just cow dairy? And he's like, no, Palmer goat cheese and sheep. And he is the scientific advisor to Cyrex Laboratories, which is a lab that looks at a lot of autoimmune issues. And they find that a lot of people with gluten sensitivities, which may be 30% of the population also have issues with dairy. So one of the best things you can do is just take those out of your diet for like a month and see how you do by adding them back in slowly.
1: Hmm. Agreed. 100%.
0: So that may be the highest leverage area. And while you're at it to ditch the sugar, sugar blocks your immune system for healing for up to five hours after eating it. And that includes fruit and fructose. So I'll just add that as a big category, gluten, dairy, and sugar. Um, Probably the most empowering experiment you can ever do, which is the experiment that I did for those 30 days, is to just remove those inflammatory foods. See how you do when you add them back in. Most of the practitioners and doctors and experts that I've interviewed and in working with my own clients have found that people heal their symptoms between 60 and 80% and sometimes 100% just by removing those toxic or inflammatory foods. So it's a great place to start because it's the highest leverage. And then when you start to feel better, you can really start addressing other categories.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. The next one's a big one. This one isn't looked at enough.
0: Infections, huge category. So autoimmune conditions are a hypometabolic state. That means our metabolisms are low and slow. So a lot of practitioners, maybe conventional doctors, think if you just start throwing drugs at the infections, whether it's a Lyme disease infection or candida or you name it, a parasite, just start taking big drugs for it, that you'll solve the problem. But that doesn't actually solve the reason why you got the infection in the first place. So I think more forward-thinking doctors and practitioners understand that it's all about the terrain. We need to become inhospitable to these infections so we don't perpetuate them. And that's a two-pronged strategy about unburdening your immune system and raising metabolism. And we don't need to go into all those details because I know you have people that address those specific categories straight on, but it's as simple as removing the things that we just talked about that are burdening your immune system and also doing whatever you can to get out of that hypometabolic state where maybe your temperature is low, where you feel like you're not burning off the fat, anything you can do to change that is actually gonna strengthen your immune system and help you deal with those infections on their own. All right, we're on G, heal your gut. So I said it before and I'll say it again, we are treating our guts like garbage disposals. And one of the biggest reasons that autoimmune conditions are on the rise is that we are just pouring a lot in that is harming our guts. And starting with the sad foods that we're eating, I mentioned the gluten, the sugar, the dairy processed food and toxic oils and so forth, whatever you can do to remove things,
1: that's the first step.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen
1: second. to that girl. I'm yes, on that train. Yes. Your we've gut is stop. the key. Yeah.
0: Tell them. Yes. We've got to stop adding fuel to the fire. It just, we don't heal when we continually do things that are not serving us well. Medications, we are increasing our use of antibiotics to the point where we're just wiping out our microbiomes and they do have a place. I'm not anti-medication. I am saying just the judicious use of antibiotics, for example, when you really need them, have a life-threatening situation, take them. But for the common cold, you know, let it play out, let it go so that you don't harm the microbes inside your gut. We've also talked about stress and this is those overlapping factors that I said at the the outset. It's not just any one thing in particular. It's all of these factors so that when we're crazy stressed, when we've got these like ongoing stress or resentment or unforgiveness or things that are just, you know it, you know it when you feel it, that's harming your gut. And when your gut is harmed, that's where 70% of your immune system resides. So if you're harming your gut, you're blocking your immune system from working and there're two points about the gut and then I'll I'll move on. I just want to say the largest microbiome in our body is in our large intestine. We want to feed those friendly bugs and starve the bad ones. And the lining of our gut and in this case we mean the small intestine is really that one cell barrier which is just hard to fathom is the place where it protects us between what's inside us and what's outside of us. And when we damage that lining of the gut, that is the beginning of the autoimmune cascade. So just serve your gut well, do things that are beneficial, take those prebiotics, probiotics, and remove the things that are harming the gut. That's what I would say. Mm, Absolutely, I love that. All right, hormones. Hormones. Hormones are put last in the book for good reason, because they are downstream from just about everything else. And this is your area of expertise. So I will just let you jump in anytime you feel like it. But hormones can come back to balance once we address the other fights category. So when we start removing the sugar and the processed foods, we are in better shape. I would say that cortisol is as Dr. Sarah Gottfried calls it, the dark lord, because it has such an impact on all of our other categories. So that when cortisol goes up, our sex hormones go down, our blood sugar goes up, inflammation goes up,
1: right? Leaky gut. I mean, leaky it, gut. Yeah, the willpower—it I mean, oh, just it just it, goes right out the window. We're talking about that mode of operation. I mean, it's survival. The key job of our body is survival. We have to turn everything else off, right, in order to survive. And we don't realize how powerful that hormone is in leveraging the rest of the chemistry of our body. And if it spills over and gets out of control, this is the first thing that you researched because you saw how much of an impact it had on you.
0: Absolutely. And it's our job to do whatever we can to keep stress from ruining our lives, from disrupting everything else in our life. And so whatever we can do on a daily basis to really bring it down, to just sit, to get a good night's sleep, to do some deep breathing, to take a walk in nature, all of that is going to help balance your hormones because you're helping to address that cortisol. So I would just say, in the hormones category that I experienced all six hormonal imbalances implicated in autoimmune conditions, high insulin, high cortisol, low thyroid, otherwise known as hypothyroid. Although mine isn't Hashimoto's because I don't have elevated antibodies, but it's that rare, you know, five or 10% of the people that just have a sluggish thyroid without having antibodies, high estrogen relative to progesterone, low vitamin D, so huge in autoimmune. Conditions and low DHEA, which is a foundation hormone, and so many people are low in these things and don't know the implication for all other parts of their lives and how they contribute to the advent of disease. And they're some of the easiest to fix
1: just by getting those tested. It's so true, absolutely. You know, and that's why I love so much each of these. We can figure out the solution for. Absolutely. And to make
0: it really simple in the book, I include these self-assessments because sometimes this can get a little complicated. And a lot of people ask me, do I have to do all of fights or can I just do a few things? Well, actually, you probably need to be aware of all of these, but take those self-assessments to see, is this what's at the root of your symptoms? For example, we're getting close to the end of this, so I'll delve into toxins if that's okay. hmm So the number one reason why the autoimmune is at epidemic levels, according to scientists and researchers and everybody that I've spoken to about this, may be toxins. And when you think about a toxin, you typically think of like rat poison or a smokestack or something like that that's out there somewhere. Just for definition's sake, a toxin is an internal thing that's created. Like negative thoughts or lipopolysaccharides, which is waste from internal bacteria, whereas a toxicant is a toxicant, if I'm saying it properly, is external. So it's those sad foods, the medications, heavy metals, molds, and so forth. It's what we put on our bodies every day. It's the fact that women are using about 12 beauty products with about 168 chemicals in it before they leave the bathroom in the morning. And men maybe using fewer cosmetics or body care products, I should say, but they still have 85 chemicals. And that's just before eight in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. So there are so many things out there. We just need to do what we can to practice the precautionary principle and lower our toxic load any way that we can. I will mention just a few quick science nuggets. There's a doctor in the UK, his name is Patrick Kingsley. I don't believe he's alive anymore, but he saw 4,000 MS patients over the course of his practice and only five people didn't have high levels of mercury or mercury poisoning. is that amazing? That is amazing. So what can we do? Like, first of all, avoid those big fish. You might want to get, if you've got silver fillings in your mouth, do what you can to find a biological dentist. You can do a search on biological dentist, remove mercury to see how to remove it properly. Because when you eat hot foods or beverages, you're getting a little teeny tiny bit of mercury every time you're digesting your food. We just want to avoid it in any way that we can. Last, but certainly not least, I want people to understand there are different types of stress. And I spoke with Heidi Hanna about this and she is a stress expert and she taught, puts it in three buckets there's tame stress and that's stress that you feel like doing this podcast with you and you might be a little bit nervous but you go through the experience and you're actually you know growing there's tolerable stress which is we all go through things in life you know people die who we love and we may lose a job it's something a little bit more stressful But ultimately, if we have support, we get through it, and it might actually be a growth experience for us. The type of stress that we're really talking about when it comes to autoimmune conditions would be considered toxic. And that would be the category of ongoing abuse, financial pressures, feelings of social isolation, even adverse childhood experiences. There are studies out now called the ACEs studies that show That about 64% of all adults had experienced at least one adverse childhood experience that left a lasting impact on them. And 80% of those people had two or more ACEs. And these are things that, you know, it might have been a traumatic experience like emotional abuse, physical abuse, witnessing that, a family member who was an alcoholic. I mean, these are not far flung ideas. A lot of us experience these. So we just need to be aware that stress plays a huge impact on our life where it could actually start to change our beliefs about ourselves. I'm not good enough. And if I have that belief, well, maybe I'll do behaviors that are consistent with that, like maybe drink too much or eat too much. And those behaviors start to change our biology. So really being aware of any of those past traumas that you've experienced and do whatever you can to address them on a daily basis is ideal, but I think you get the idea. We want to get them out of our system. And as some practitioners who work with cancer say, the issues are in the tissues.
1: We just have to get them out of our bodies. That is such a great point. I just love that. I bet when people are meeting with you or they're connecting with you kind of one of the big questions that they ask is given that diet plays such a big role, what should I eat? I know you've got a little gift for us today.
0: I do. I do. That is the biggest question that I get from all of my clients and folks that follow me on Facebook. And I believe that people are in the best position to answer that for themselves. But in my research, what I found, because I don't want to evade the question, that some sort of paleo template diet, something that removes the grains, the sugar, and the dairy as the foundation, and then whether and how much meat you add to that or fish is really up to you. And beyond that, there may be suspect foods that some people react to that others don't. So some people are fine with eggs and others really react to it. And it might be the egg white. You just don't know until you go through your own experiment, that elimination phase that I talk about. In the book, I call it a a 30-day food vacation because I want to put a positive spin on it. You are trying new foods. you're, You're taking out the bad stuff and just experimenting when you put it back in. So I do share an optimal food guide on my website that people can go to palmerkippela.com slash gift. And you will be able to download that ebook and start figuring out what foods are best for you.
1: Mm, I love it. I think this is such a great thing to have is is a, a framework and a guide For figuring out what to eat, but even more importantly is having the framework with the book. So Palmer honey, where can we grab the book? I know it's out right now. It's been out for the last couple of weeks. Where can we get it?
0: So get the book on Amazon. They are having a 30% off sale. Nobody consulted me about this, but they are Amazon and they can do whatever they want. So you can grab, it's a paperback format. Um, That's how it's coming out or Kindle. So go to Amazon, get Beat Autoimmune, and then when you've got it, come back to my book landing page, which is BeatAutoimmuneBook.com, and there I have several free bonuses that can help you get started. So that's what I would do.
1: Perfect. Well, what we'll do is we're going to have not only the guide, we'll have the link to to the book on Amazon and then we'll also have your little you'll have your book bonus page too that way you guys can grab the complimentary book bonuses but the book isn't on Amazon it's on sale right now there is absolutely no reason to not go and grab it goodness knows if even if you yourself don't have an autoimmune condition i know that you know someone who does with 50 million plus people and those being misdiagnosed every day this is the kind of information that we really need to get our hands on Palmer, thank you so much for not only coming onto the show, but also for dedicating your life to this mission and to writing this book. Dr. Marisa, it has been
0: such an honor talking to you and your audience. I just love what you are doing in this world You're serving people so beautifully. I have so much to learn from you about essential oils, especially about addressing stress, but we can talk about that later. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And I mean, I've been devouring this book. I'm almost done with it. And just again, what a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. How powerful was that interview with Palmer? She really opens the door for root cause healing. And honestly, is there any other kind? Just the fact that Palmer reversed her multiple sclerosis after decades without any real answers is just an incredible feat. I mean, I know, I remember growing up and hearing about MS being one of the most debilitating diseases one could get and it was incurable. This is what I was told. And here she is, reversing what was once considered an incurable condition, an incurable autoimmune disease. And to be able to get it at the age of 19, it just really goes to show what is possible when it comes to healing our body. And I hope that's the biggest message that you got out of this interview today, is not only understanding the root causes and how we can get started, but realizing that our bodies have this incredible capacity for healing. You know, for many, many years, over 15 years, I had chronic migraine pain, and I was told by so many doctors that I was simply going to have to live with that condition, that I was always going to have to take drugs and medication, and I didn't know anything different until finally somebody, one day when I was in the lab, a fellow scientist had said, Someone I know, a doctor I know, can help cure your migraines. And initially, I thought she was crazy, except that she was such a reputable scientist. I know she wasn't. And I went to that practice, and sure enough, three months later, I was migraine-free. And it changed everything for me. I hope that this conversation today changes the paradigm for what you believe is possible in terms of your health and wellness. Now, in case you missed her six keys to reverse autoimmune disease inside the episode, I am going to quickly go over them. But before I do that, I want to point out that identifying these six areas, you will also reduce inflammation, prevent many other diseases as well, including most of the chronic diseases. That's what I love so much about this framework is that it's applicable to many disease conditions in the body. So number one was discovering the foods that trigger disease as well as the healthy solutions to fit your personal nutritional profile. Number two was exploring the impact of common undiagnosed infections and the ways to optimize your immune system naturally. Number three was learning to heal your gut and figuring out what is needed to heal your gut. Number four was getting insights on how hormone balance can disrupt healing and how you can begin to heal your hormones naturally. Which you guys know I have an entire book on this subject. The essential oils hormone solution in case you wanted to dig further into the hormonal imbalance number five eliminate environmental toxins in your home and body and learn how to live a detox lifestyle and then lastly but not in any particular order is number six, which is to reduce stress and build resilience in the body. We know that stress and trauma is a root cause of disease, and it's important that we have the right tool sets to be able to heal us. So now that I had a chance to go back over those three, six identifying key elements to getting our body back on track, I want to invite you to not only grab Palmer's book. Let me tell you, I have been reading that book over and over again for the last several weeks. I think it's just incredible. But also, if you want to just get started with a little jumpstart guide, she has her Optimal Food Guide, and it's designed to help guide people through the process of identifying their best foods for healing. Now you're going to find both the link to the book and the link to the free gift in the show notes, or you can go to drmarisa.com slash episode 89. That's right. I can't believe we're already on episode 89. Such a wonderful experience to be just having a good time with these interviews and just clicking off the notches towards a hundred episodes. We're getting there real soon. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening into the Essentially You podcast. We are shifting gears next week and shining a beautiful light on the essential art of self-love. I know how much You guys know how much I love self-love, and my dear friend Kim Morrison out of Australia is going to show us how to use essential oils to create self-love in our life. We also, because she and I are both essential oil experts, dispel some essential oil myths and concerns. You're not going to want to miss this episode. It is so good. Now, as I mentioned on the show earlier, my goal is to continue to spread the word about the essential you podcast. We are working towards hundred thousand downloads per month and it's through your word of mouth. You sharing this, you posting on Instagram, you sharing the link on Facebook. That is how we change the lives of women all over the world. One woman at a time. So take a moment, review it or share it. Let people know about it. Talk about it over coffee or tea, getting where you fit in. Let's get the word out. Thank you guys so much. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode.